Hello, and welcome to the RCC Weekly Sermon Podcast. This week, Pastor Kenny taught from Acts chapter 8, verses 4 through 8, sharing a vision for how we believe God is calling RCC to display and declare God's goodness in our city and areas of influence. I want to start this morning on a little bit more serious note, um, just sharing a praise report slash testimony, if that's okay. Um, Yesterday, I was driving to this workstation, so it's a little bit farther than my normal work, and I had to go to my other station, stop by Starbucks, of course, and then go to this station, and, and I was just driving in, and I decided to turn off uh, all my devices and turn off my radio and turn off everything, um, and only because I was just feeling really burnt out. You guys ever feel like that? I just felt overwhelmed, like one more bit of noise is too much <laughs> for me right now. And um, as I'm driving, um, the Lord just did something in this space, um, and he just gave me hope. <laughs> it's the only way I could describe it. I just felt like, like things had just changed in an instant, and I just felt this huge feeling of hope, um, and it was radical. And so this morning, uh, I just want to ask if, if you would be willing, because I know that you're here because I feel like the Lord told me, not who it was, but that there are some people here who he has put me specifically on your heart and you've been praying for me. Would you raise your hand and just, yeah. And I, I believe you. And I want to say this because as we look through the book of Acts, and as maybe you, you hear other people's stories, you, you, you see all these things that the Holy Spirit does. And it's like, wow, the Holy Spirit's really moving. And I just want to stop and make some space. And I want to tell all of you who, would you raise your hand again? The Lord answered your prayer. I believe that. The Lord literally answered your prayer and gave me this experience of hope, and, and it didn't go away. I, I went all throughout the day. I just, I just knew something had changed, and I, and I felt like God had begun a new season for me, and I think it was him inviting me into what could be, because I want to have that presence of the Lord all the time, and the way that I currently live my life doesn't make space for it. I know that, and, and last night, I, 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 was, I was going to sleep, and I was, I mean, I was like, I was just praying, and I had one of the hardest nights where I just couldn't get to sleep. And I was just feeling anxious. And I feel, I feel like my heart was beating a thousand times. Uh, and I didn't know why, right? And I just, like, you know when you can't go to sleep because you're just feeling like that? It doesn't happen to me that often, but I felt like that last night. And, and then all of these ideas or temptations came in for me, to things that I could do to help. I, I, I thought about, you know, old sinful habits. I thought about... Um, uh, getting on my phone and playing games. I even thought up at, at one point of going out and watching a movie on Netflix. Like if I can't sleep, I don't, it's miserable to just sit here uh, or getting some ice cream you know, out of the freezer, something, anything. And I felt like the Lord said, no, stay here. I'm with you and I'm gonna get you through this and I'm not gonna take it away, but I'm here. And it was this, this call, I believe, to, to lay down some things that I need to lay down because he wants to fill me with greater things. And so genuinely from my heart, 
Thank you for praying. And before we move on, I just want to ask, is there anyone else, if you would be bold enough to even raise your hand, because I'm going to pray for you, that is feeling like they need some hope like that. They just need a touch from God. They just need something that is beyond themselves. Is there anybody that I can pray for even right now? Yeah, I see your hands. Keep your hands up. And, and, and here I want to just ask, for those of you who, who were praying for me, you raise your hand, would you just stand up? Because here's the cool thing. These people were praying for me, and it totally worked. And so I want to ask you to pray for these people with me because I know for a fact your prayers are powerful. Would you guys do that? Oh, Heavenly Father, in this moment, a holy moment, I just sense that you are calling our church to grow. Uh, And that doesn't mean what we think it means. Just like when the kingdom came, it didn't mean what they thought it meant. But what we desire most is to grow closer to you, to abide in you, to have you and your presence uh, transforming us from the inside out genuinely through the relationship that we have with you, that you would continue to work in us and through us. And for these people specifically asking boldly, God, I need you to show up even this morning and give me hope, I ask that you would, God. I ask that your Holy Spirit would fall on this place and give us deep hope and joy. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. A great segue from that would be, um, I want to give you guys some business and then give you some Bible. Uh, It's getting to the end of the year, and I want to share with you guys how we're doing financially. I know, perfect segue. Um, I'll just give you the quick snapshot. Um, uh, this year, we budgeted through October uh, $236,500. That's our budget for the year. And if you're like, that sounds like a lot, that's be- probably because it's just you living in your apartment with a-, a friend or you just living with your family. Your family budget, that would be a lot. For a church, this is radically prudent budget. It really is. I know other churches. I look at their churches. There's churches not much bigger than us with multi-million dollar budgets in the South Bay our budget is, is really pretty trim, but this is the budget that God's given us. We would love for it to grow. We would love to be able to do more things. We would love to be able to pay our people. That's one of the big things that's on my heart. We don't pay our employees very well at this church, and we should, right? So I hope that that grows, but um, the good news is we spent this year uh, we're under budget. Our spending, our, our staff and the people who are spending money are doing really good. Under budget by $18,500. That's pretty significant. Even with our prudent budget, we're, we're even below that. But here's, here's where it gets a little tricky. Our giving, we're under budget by $44,000 for the year. And what that looks like is under spending, because we spent less, we're, un, we're under spending by $26,000. Now, that's pretty normal for a church. Uh, uh, and usually, like at Christmas time, at the end of the year, there's a, there's a big surplus. It's called end of year giving. Maybe some of you guys do that. Um, but here's, what, here's why I want to have this conversation with you. Not because, you know, to depress you or anything like that or, or to bring down the mood after my big, you know, God gave me hope 
um, story. <laughs> but but here's, here's the really, like, from my heart, normally what I would do is I would get this information and, and maybe some of our staff, and I would internalize it and struggle through it and feel guilty and feel like, I got to fix this. And God is just saying, like, no, that's not the way the church works. And so I just lay this before you, not that we would feel guilty or any of those feelings, but I would just lay this before you because, because as it's presented before you, now we ask God, the Holy Spirit, to come and, and to put on our hearts. Maybe he wants us to participate a little more at the end of the year and balance this out. Now, we have a savings. We are a prudent church. We have a savings. We're not going to turn off the lights over these things, but we want to get to where our budget is, or even even higher, because we've we've we should have a savings that's growing, and we want to get there and enter into the year in the most healthy way possible on all levels. And finances are part of health, and so uh, I just want to ask you and lay this before you. All I want you to do is just ask the Holy Spirit, even maybe right now, how do you want me to participate? And that could be scary for some of us because we go, oh, how do you want me to participate? And what if he says a lot? But that's a trust issue, isn't it? Like, don't we believe God is good? If God asks you to do something, he's going to help you. He's not going to leave you stranded and you're going to see him show up. And so I just want to lay it before you as an exciting thing. Like we have this opportunity Ask the Holy Spirit, if you have means and you want to give, we, 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 we just it's nor, our normal giving, just give what you can. If you don't have the means to give, do not feel guilty. Just ask the Holy Spirit, what would you like me to do? Is that fair? I want to pray for our, 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 our offering, our, our finances, and, and also for our time in the Word. Um, Heavenly Father, I thank you that you've put us together as a church I thank you that through this Acts series, you're teaching us that we, we are not, um, we're, we're not customers. We're not customers and we're not consumers. We are co-laborers. And that every single person that is a part of this church and every church is in your service and is, is, is to be used for the building up of the kingdom. And so I just pray that you would help us uh, know what our part is. And help us be faithful to it. And I just love the fact that a small church like this uh, can do mighty things when we all work together through the power of your Holy Spirit. So guide us. And I pray for our time in the word that you would speak to us. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. If you guys want to open your Bibles to um, Acts chapter 1. So we're doing the series and today will be the last day of it because we're moving into Advent, and we're just looking at the first section of Acts, which is Acts 1 through 8 is a section. In chapter 9, the famous Apostle Paul has his big conversion, and so it starts this new section of Acts. We're looking at the earliest part of Acts 1 through 8, uh, and we're going to finish that today. Um, It goes on to be 28 chapters, so there's 20 more chapters after this that is about the establishment of the church, and if you're not familiar with the Bible, you have Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. If you go to like the last two, uh, last uh, quarter of your Bible, you'll probably be in Matthew, Mark, Luke, or John. It's right after that is Acts. It's the continuation of what happened uh, as the church was starting in its first generation. And, and it goes through 28 chapters and then it ends abruptly almost like a to be continued because the church is going to keep going. 
And in, chap- in uh, chapters 1 through 8, um, we've learned some great lessons from the church. Have you guys enjoyed it as much as me? Probably not, but hopefully you got something out of it. But it's been, it's been very profound just studying this and teaching this and, and learning through this. Um, and you're going to see, like, if you were to read on, that Paul goes on to do this great missionary work where he's planting churches. As a matter of fact, one uh, uh, commentary talks about Paul's ministry like this. He goes, Paul's goal is to establish witnessing kingdom community, communities everywhere he could go. That's the greatest description of the local church I've ever heard. We are a witnessing kingdom community. And, and he's planting these all over there. They're witnessing kingdom communities. And the reason why he's doing that is because that's what Jesus sent his early followers to do. And that's what Jesus, it's a to be continued. That's what we're still supposed to do. Remembrance Community Church, we are called to be a witnessing kingdom community. What does that mean? Well, that's what we've been learning In Acts chapter 1, in verse 3, we see that after Jesus suffered, he also presented himself alive to them, his his 120-ish disciples, uh, by many convincing proofs, appearing to them over a period of 40 days and speaking about the kingdom of God. So we see right here that the resurrection is foundational in what these people are going to be up to. The resurrection is huge deal. Jesus rises from the dead. He spends 40 days with them. He spent three years talking to them about the kingdom of God. Most of the parables are about the kingdom of God. This is what the kingdom of God is like. And then he spends an additional 40 days, like, like crasher course, about the kingdom of God. That's what it says. Jeremy Treat is, is the quote that I gave you guys a few weeks ago. He's a, he's a pastor of, of Reality LA in Hollywood. Great, great pastor. And he wrote a book on the kingdom of God. He says, God's, God's kingdom is God's reign through God's people over God's places. It's God's reign, his kingly leadership and authority. But get this, through God's people. God wants to work through his people in all of God's places. In other words, everywhere God's people go, they bring the kingdom with them. Everywhere you go, you bring the kingdom with you. And God wants to work through you in doing this. And we see a little bit further in in, how is this going to happen, you know, with these 120 unlikely folks. Like imagine like this church right now, like they're like, hey, you guys are going to go change the world. Okay, God, right? Okay. No, then he goes, uh, uh, so when they had come together, they asked him, Lord, are you restoring the kingdom to Israel at this time? Uh, uh, Kind of, right? Like, I've, I've come to bring the kingdom, but he could have turned around and go, actually, you guys are. You guys are gonna... You guys are going to build the kingdom. It's going to be built through you guys, establishing, witnessing kingdom communities. And then he goes, he said to them, it is not for you to know times or periods that the Father has set by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. So how are you going to do this? How are you going to, 
How are you going to uh, uh, spread the gospel? How are you going to build the kingdom? You're going to establish witnessing kingdom communities. And you're going to do that by being filled with the Holy Spirit. And you're going to need to make some space like we were going to be talking about. And we've been like, you're going to go. He goes, go. The first thing I want you to do is just go sit with the Lord. It ends up being 10 days. It could have been longer. They didn't know. Just go sit with the Lord, and I'm going to fill you with the Holy Spirit. And then when I fill you with the Holy Spirit, respond and go and be my witnesses. What does it mean to be a witness? We've been learning through the example of this, these eight chapters that witnessing looks like God's people displaying the goodness of God and declaring the goodness of God. And this is happening in many ways that they're displaying the goodness of God. In the way that they celebrate together. People are watching the way that we celebrate and praise Jesus. In the way that they celebrate together. In the way that they spend time together. In the way that they make time for this. People are noticing. In the way that they suffered together. In this chapter, uh, through Acts 1 through 8, it's like this tornado. It's like life, right? It's ups and downs. They, They go through seasons. It's like super... They look like, oh man, they got it all together. And then everything seems like it's going to fall apart. And then Peter needs to come with an answer and go, or a speech, right? It's just, it's not perfect. But God is in it with them and continues to add in their numbers. And they're displaying the goodness of God to everybody. God is good. We believe in him. He's magnificent. He's wonderful. Anything that they're doing that is showing that God is wonderful, that's what they're, that's a witness. And then we see every opportunity that they have, they're declaring the goodness of God. It's Jesus that did this, right? And their lives are being transformed before people. At one point, they're like, like we've seen this person and we know he's just an ordinary person, but they, he was with Jesus. And they're like, we, reckon, we see the difference. Like, how do you deny that? He's, God is transforming these people in the middle of Jerusalem. And it's like getting a lot of notice. And then we see this issue come up where there's all these widows in Jerusalem and they're trying to feed them. That's one of the first uh, like, like mission operations that they had, right? You got, we got all these things that you can do to serve people. The widows was a big problem. They started serving the widows. And then they had two groups within the church, right? And one group is saying, oh, our widows are getting, you know, they're, they're, they're being people. Our widows are getting neglected. And so Peter goes, okay, well, let's raise up seven capable workers to, to, to handle this. And we saw that it was Stephen and Philip and five other guys. And then we saw last week that Stephen is, is going and doing this, but along the way he's seeing people and Holy Spirit's on him and he's healing people and he's proclaiming Jesus. He's just, he's just taking advantage of, of, of displaying the goodness of God and then declaring the goodness of God. And the people hate it. The, the, the people that are not Christians hate it. It's like it's confronting all these things in them, I think, and they, and they end up killing him. We saw that last week. He becomes the first Christian martyr. Stephen dies early on. In chapter 8, remember Stephen, Philip, and five other guys. I, there's a reason why I only gave you two other names. You can read it if you want yourself, right? But, but Stephen, Philip, it tells us in chapter 8, Philip sees this, and he bails He leaves, and a bunch of people leave. They scatter out of Jerusalem, afraid for their life. And then we pick it up in in Acts chapter 8, the passage that I want us to see this morning and kind of sit in this morning. 
and figure out how to apply this morning. Acts chapter 8, starting in verse 4, we see that Philip already like leaves, he goes. It says, so, so those who were scattered, these, these guys are running for their life. Those who were scattered went on their way preaching the word. What would you do if you were running for your life? The first town you went to, you're running for your life because preaching the word in Jerusalem almost got you killed. The first town you go to, what do you do? Find a hideout, right? No, nope, not what they do. It says, so those who were scattered went on their way preaching the word. A Philip went down to a city in Samaria who proclaimed the Messiah to them. He's telling them about Jesus. Uh, the crowds were all paying attention to what Philip said. As they listened and saw the signs he was performing, he's displaying the goodness of God and declaring the goodness of God, and they're taking notice. For unclean spirits, crying out with a loud voice, came out of many who were possessed, and, and many who were paralyzed and lame were healed. So there was great joy in that city. So there was great joy in that city. How many of you guys want to be a spirit-filled, witnessing, displaying the goodness of God, declaring the goodness of God, kingdom community, living for the kingdom, seeing the kingdom grow, have kingdom eyes so that when hope fills you, you recognize that it was something from God that happened. It was a kingdom thing, not a normal thing, that you are a part of something that is real and is happening in real time, and you see it, and other people can see it in you, and many people are giving their lives to this Jesus. How many of you guys want that? How many of you guys want uh, when we're all done, said and done, whether it's, whether it's a next generation comes and takes over remembrance or whatever happens, and we look back and people are like, tell me about Remembrance Community Church. Oh, they brought much joy to the city. Is that what most communities say about most churches? They brought much joy to this city. This guy, David Bosch, talks about this idea of being a church that is witnessing and displaying the goodness of God and bringing joy to the city. He says the Christian lifestyle should not only be a, a, exemplary, an example of, of what you should do, but also winsome. It's a great word. Look it up. It should attract outsiders. That's what it means. That's the idea of winsome. It should attract outsiders and invite them to join the community. Their exemplary existence is a powerful magnet that draws outsiders towards the church. This morning, I want to talk to you about an area of our church that is serving us, and I want to grow to its full potential, and we need your help. It's called RCC in Action. RCC in Action is our local and global ministries team. Let me tell you what RCC in Action is not first. RCC in Action is not the team that we send out to do that work. RCC in Action is the team that helps us, all of us, mobilize and do this work together. It is, it is a ministry 
led by spirit-filled, wise individuals with great reputations, just like these, these, these people we see in Acts. And, and, and they're here to mobilize us into action. I want to share with you guys, our goal this morning is to grow our RCC in action team. But I want to share with you guys a little bit about the vision. And I'm going to have some people come up and we're going to watch some videos. That's what this stuff is for. So it's going to be a little bit different from here on. But I just want to, uh, do we have the the circles uh, up there, Matt? When you're creating a vision for something like RCC in action, when you're a team leader and you're creating like, what are we going to do? What's our vision? Here's what I've learned you don't do, unless you're me. You, you don't go get a whiteboard and just write, like, think, what are all the possible ideas you could come up with? I mean, we're going to run out of whiteboard if you're me. But here's an issue with that. This is a, this is, there, there's two aspects. The resources, the resources available are things like, obviously, money, but even more importantly, time. How much time collectively as our, as, are, we, are we able to put into doing things? H- how many people do we have? How many leaders do we have that can do things? You're limited by your resources. If your resources are really small, like in this picture, and your vision is too big, like I tend to write on the whiteboard, that is incredibly unhealthy and can lead to burnout. And I've made that mistake so many times. And for some of you in this room, I've burned you out, and I'm so sorry. I don't want to do that anymore. Moving forward, there's another uh, 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 mistake that you can make. If your resources are, are, are a certain size and you have a vision that is too small, you're copping out. If burnout was on the other side, then you're a cop. I mean, you're just being lazy. That's not healthy either. And so the goal would be that next slide. Thank you, Vanna. You really want your, your, your resources to be as big as you can get them to be, but then you want your vision to be just a little bit bigger than your resources so it pushes you forward and you need health, but it's not so big that it burns you out. That is our goal. At RCC in Action, we have a, 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 a bigger vision right now than we have resources. And so there, there's only two solutions. Either we shrink our vision or we increase our resources. And by resources, I mean, yes, we can always use more money, but that is not what's slowing us down. The resources I'm talking about is the available people and leaders who are willing to invest their time in these ministries. And so the goal this morning is to grow our RCC resources by presenting some vision for our RCC in action with the hope that the Holy Spirit will increase our resources by calling some of us who call RCC home into further action and participation. I'm not asking you to listen and and buck up and jump into something because it needs to be filled. What I'm asking you this morning is to Open yourself up, open your heart up, and say, just like we did with the other one, Holy Spirit, what are you calling me to in this next season? Holy Spirit, what do you want me to do? And if you would be willing to do that, I'm just going to trust that the Holy Spirit is going to work and put people in the right place at the right time and give us the resources and the vision 
to become a witnessing, a witnessing kingdom community that brings much joy and fruit, gospel fruit, meaning people getting saved and baptized to our city. Thank you for listening to the RCC Weekly Sermon Podcast. You can find all our sermons online at remembrancecommunity.org forward slash sermons. Thank you for listening.